Welcome to episode three of Talk Commerce, where we talk about commerce in this new digital world and how it touches the merchant, consumer, and agency. We interview Andrew Devlin this week of Get Fair Play. We talk about the state of e-commerce in Mexico and how Fair Play gets new stores funded. My name is Brent Peterson and I'm your host. This episode was recorded on March 14th, 2021. Please remember to subscribe to this podcast wherever you download your podcast. Talk Commerce is sponsored by eWay Corporation, the partner of choice for technology, infrastructure, and enterprise-level digital solutions. And Wagento Creative, fulfilling strategic growth through digital solutions. This week's episode was recorded on the Big Island of Hawaii, where the sun came right overhead and overheated my computer. Now enjoy the podcast. Great. So welcome, Andrew, to uh, Talk Commerce. Andrew Devlin, we'll do some, you can introduce yourself, I should say. Well, thank you, Brent, for inviting me to to, to Talk Commerce. Uh, very excited to be in, in, in this new effort you're doing. Uh, I'm Andrew Devlin. I'm the CEO of Fairplay and was partner of Suma Solutions for many, for many for a long time, for uh, some years. And before that, I was in uh, a family business in Mexico that sold glasses and I headed their, their, transform, their, their e-digital transformation efforts, not only in e-commerce, but also in, uh, in their stores with Omnichannel and that. So we've met, uh, I think, I don't know how many years ago, but I think about six, no, Brent? Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, it's been a while. It's been an interesting ride. It's been a while. No? Well, thank you for inviting me. Yeah. So um, why don't we start with your experience uh, with e-commerce and how you got into it in Mexico? I think I got into it about the same time as you got into Magento in Mexico. But why don't you kind of walk us through how you got introduced to it with Devil and Apoco? Yeah. So literally it started like we go to the very beginning, it started with my actual partner now in Fairplay. And we met uh, in high school and he went on to do a whole music musician career. And when he was offered to join Groupon, he called me and I was heading the LASIK surgeries of the family business, uh, the LASIK surgery centers. So he told me, no, we're doing, we're selling these, you know, uh, uh, coupons and Groupon for LASIK and they're really selling very well. I said, man, that's interesting. Uh, so we, we published some, some Groupons of that and we sold a lot. And then we started, then I started seeing the potential that we could have selling LASIK. And literally that took me to start selling LASIK uh, online and it did very well. That later took me, you know, with a family business to start uh, developing an e-commerce platform for the optical business, you know? And uh, when, we, when we started that, that was, I, would, I imagine, like 20, 2012, around that date, uh, 2011, probably. We started evaluating platforms. Uh, we, and literally, we fell upon Magento because it was the, the, a platform that one of the uh, partners that we had in the, one of the suppliers, the vendors we, we were working on that was part of a, uh, of a, a, a advertising agency 
had already started developing in it. We already paid him, uh, you know, a, a former colleague of, of mine had already paid him for a portion of the development. So we were like stuck there. We had to work with Magento, but then it, it was a very, a very nice relationship. So basically that's how it started. It started really by random uh, situations that started, you know, with, with my friend and then, you know, going into LASIK. Honestly, even to this day, I said, man, that was much an easier business than selling glasses online because there was not so much uh, variety of products. But um, it, it, that, that's what brought me to, to e-commerce uh, in my career because most of my life, before that, I was focused in, in medical services. I was, uh, I've been a, a paramedic and then I started selling medical equipment and then after that, you know, services. But that was how I little by little started moving towards e-commerce. So that was that was it, and that's how it started. You know, that's really interesting because I know that one of my first Magento gigs was with a like a brewing supply company, um, and they started doing Groupon. This is this would be like 2010, and their business just exploded with Groupon. It was just crazy how many they did these like little brewing kits that they sold and yeah. uh it was a really fantastic way to really supercharge things uh and then that was back on like magento enterprise 1.10 or something like that so way way back <laughs> probably 12 years ago yeah. now that we we started doing that so it's uh that's a great similarity so then you went on to start i mean you went on and you developed your own internal team right at De devlin that kind of built out your magento stack yeah, so after that, when, when we started, we received the first development of the Vegeta store, we noticed that there were a lot of issues. First, they had sold us, it was the enterprise version. And of course, it wasn't, it was a community. Uh, and, and we started working with an agency that used to be very strong in Mexico, Pengo. Uh, and, uh, but it, was, it, it didn't really work out the relationship. And so I decided, look, if we're going to do this. Uh, we need to really learn how this works. And the only way is doing it ourselves. So I started hiring a, a whole internal team. So we hired, you know, the developers, front end, back end. We developed, uh, we got uh, uh, designers and, uh, you know, the whole team. And we started developing our um, platform on Magento. We did the, the transition that, yes, we did with the help of Pengo, moving from that community version that had a lot of mistakes uh, basic mistakes in, in how they did the development of it uh, to the to an enterprise to the first enterprise that I if I'm not mistaken I think it was is there was it 1.13 the last one before it went well, to 1.14 was the last one okay so I think I did 1.13 um, and uh, we launched that one and that was the first time that we that I was that I you know launched a whole site from from almost scratch you know uh but it was a, it was a different time because in that in that point of just getting the images of the product was such an ordeal no mm -hmm. none of our suppliers had the photos of the picture of the pictures of the uh, images of the product so we had to go and bring him in from the stories photograph them and they send it back and then around 
I'm not lying, about 5% would get broken just going and coming. And so we had a lot of loss of inventory, you know, in this movie, moving around product. And uh, so it was, it was such an ordeal uh, doing that. Uh, but we were able to get, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think in my first launch, I think we had about 800 SKUs, very, you know, between all brands. Uh, and then, you know, when we launched, you know, at the start, you think it's so easy, you know, you know, you just connect the payment processor and this, but in Mexico, even that was so, uh, so unprepared that the we got, you know, very low authorizations. If I'm not joking, I think when I started, the total authorization was about 10%. 10% of all the tries of authorization went through. So that was nothing. So you did all your effort, you put up that room, and then you did not have, you know, the, 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 um, the ecosystem that supports generally e-commerce. You know, now I see all these people trying to launch, uh, trying to launch uh, e-commerce. They said, man, how easy do they have it, no? Now it's so, so the, the simplicity of the different platforms that exist, the, the, uh, the really good vendors that exist that connect and really make it possible for the e-commerce to thrive, it, it didn't exist in that day, in the age, especially in Latin America, no? The U.S. still had, you know, uh, uh, good, good suppliers and authorization with suppliers in, in, in delivery, uh, probably not, you know, Amazon level, but it was good enough, you know? And Latin America was such, everything was such an ordeal. And especially in that industry that was super traditional, that is optical industry, no? Yeah, I can rem that I can I can remember we started I think we started in Mexico in 2014 and I remember thinking that hey Mexico maybe they're 5 10 years behind the US but they're going to catch up really quick and they really have and it has been such a growth experience going through uh just going through the whole process of all the different payment gateways that are available now the shipping methods um and then how they how they're working with some of these platforms like Magento and Shopify and, and now Big Commerce and Vtex, the whole it really has accelerated uh, the experience for the customer has accelerated and especially I think for the vendors who are building out these stores, it, you're right it has gotten so much easier in Mexico and I feel we yeah. could you and I could probably do a whole nother conversation about both partners and, and experiences for customers in Mexico and then even customer expectations. I feel yeah. like we could have a whole, we could have a um, let's get, let's, let's get some realism in the, in the e-commerce market and what a merchant should expect. And then especially from our side, like what should an, Amer what should an agency ex expect when entering the Mexican market for the first time? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Of course. Of course. No, the, 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 you know, one of the things that when I started my my venture in, you know, in, in competing with you, you know, with Suma in the market, you know, is is uh, how much time it takes to get to to their vision. That it's not only a thing of us developing the technology. There's a lot of effort they have to do internally to change their the way they operate to really be able to internalize e-commerce as something that can that can really be of uh, it, it, that will help 
accelerate their growth as a company. But it, it's not only the technology and a lot of the, you know, the, the general ideas was, you know, uh, I just, we just need a good platform. We need Magento. We need, you know, whatever, uh, hybrids or whatever. And that, that is really only partially the issue. There's a lot of internal processes that have to change. You know, uh, uh, I remember uh, uh, some uh, uh, merchant summits. We're going to use, for example, BBVA Bancomer, that's a big bank mm -hmm. in America, that operates to do the authorization, connect it directly to, to them before they only let you connect through uh, uh, OpenPay. That is a fintech company they bought that's a processor. Um, and they had a very low authorization, but they decided to do that because that's what the ones they use for their stores. So like, this doesn't work the same now. Uh, but, you know, I imagine you have a lot of stories like that, you know, the, just the expectation of the merchants that it's not, that everything should be just uh, resolved by the, by the partner developing the technology, and that's not the case now. Yeah, we launched, uh, we, we actually, we launched the first enterprise, um, the first enterprise Magento 2 store in 2015, which I think we were a little bit ahead of ourselves because it was launched in 2015. I think we, well, we started the project when Magento 2 came out and we finished the project in February of 2016. But wow. Um, wow. I know that PayPal was very behind the curve on making sure that their product worked in Mexico. So that was, that, there was a lot of challenges in that. And especially being on a 2.0 project, uh, you know, instead of a 2.1 or 2.2, you know, I think inherently new software, there's going to be some bugs. Um, so well, that, that was- there were many, yeah. extremely many bugs, no? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah the two, two came out. Right, not to get into, into the weeds too much, but 2.0 to 2.1 was just a huge upheap, just so much work. And then 2.1 to 2.0, anyways, we don't have to, we don't have to go into those, yeah. those sort of details. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, and it's uh, amazing know, after that, it really stabilized a lot, you know. It, it, it's a lot more stable after 2.2. It, it, you know, it's it, it's a lot more manageable. No, but those first two, especially all the 2.0 whatever versions, man, they were like different systems. Yeah. <laughs> because I, if you remember correctly, I think we spoke about this when we met. That I was starting when you launched in February. Yours, I started developing mine when we moved from that 1.13 to two. Um, right. And it was our uh, experience. Also, did internally very, very, very difficult. Yeah. And on a side note, I do know uh, I I talked to Aaron Grego quite a bit, and uh, mm -hmm. he's such a great guy. Um, he's at Space Bar awesome. now. I think he still owns Pango. But I, I think the relation. One thing I think that's unique about Mexico, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, the relationships among uh, agencies is a little bit well. From my experience, I think that I've had a good relationship with Pango and with even with Marco, Marco and, and Aaron. Um, uh, and we continue to talk and even employees that have left Wagento, uh, we've been able to continue to talk. And it's some, in some ways, I feel like it's a little bit more open. Uh, maybe it's more of a personal relationship that I've made, but it's been an interesting experience for me to see the differences in how businesses work in Mexico compared to how uh, how we work in in the U.S. Yeah, I guess I guess we're gentle many times, but I, I do believe that that's something we need to learn from the U.S. We need to learn how to be more open 
and friendly to support the ecosystem, not not certain players. And and I think that's something we 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 try to do so many times. Uh, you know, very uh, uh, very sporadically. You know, I was I remember when we when uh, um, Magento uh, the event Magento's event in Mexico. I forget the name they that the, the, they placed on the, those Magento events they did in Mexico. Um, so we need to do them as a team, you know, because it would be a lot easier for all of us to spread the the the, the weight of that effort to grow it together. Um, but you know, it's, it, you know, it's, that's a little bit of the Latin American methodology because, of course, we're a lot smaller uh, markets, so competition is a lot more fierce, you know. In and in the U.S., that is such a large market, you know, you're not going to fight for you know mm-hmm. one account. You know, it's uh, you'll fight it, but you know, at the end of the day, you're you always be friendly. Even if I do believe that I had a pretty good relationship with most uh, players in the market, because I, I always try to speak my ideas openly, you know? Yeah, that's good. Um, so uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you're doing now? I'm interested in, in fair play. I, I, read, I read some of it on your website. It's in Spanish. So I, I am continuing to learn Spanish and trying to get better, but uh, give us, uh, tell me the, the elevator pitch and then give us some insights on, on how you're helping uh, businesses. So basically we are a, a, a revenue-based financing firm for, e- for the e-commerce or for the digital economy in Latin America. Right now, we're only in Mexico. And what makes us different, basically, between any financing and ours is that the, the, uh, our customers repay their financing based on a percentage of their sales until they finish paying the principal and our commission because there's no interest. And that makes uh, our model very friendly to a, to an ecosystem that has, you know, the seasonality that retail in general has, and especially commerce that is super intensive in certain days during the year. So when they sell more, they're able to pay more. Uh, when they sell less, they pay, they pay a lot less, you know. It, it can even go down to zero if necessary. So uh, that's, that's what I got into. Basically, after uh, being a merchant and then being a partner, uh, I, would, I, I heard about this model that in the U.S. is personified by ClearBank. They're the largest player. They're at Toronto. It's not even a U.S. company. It's a, a Canadian company. They're based out of Toronto. Uh, and they started growing. We said, man, this is a great model. So we brought it to Latin America. Latin America. And right now we're in Mexico and we'll be uh, launching in other countries in Latin America by the end of this year. So it's it, it's uh, we are venture, venture backed by a fund in Mexico and a fund in the Virginia. Um, uh, and uh, community investors in Mount Anasca. So that's that's what we're doing. It's 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 a completely uh, different pace that I was so used to, you know, developing internally or working with customers uh, for them to achieve their dreams. Um, now it's now it's a little bit different, but I love it. I love being part of that ecosystem that supports e-commerce. I think it's it's. Super, you know, if I could give um, anybody feedback regarding, you know, this system is, you know, if you can find a way to support the whole ecosystem, 
man, you're going to have a lot of opportunities because at the end of the day, it's growing leaps and bounds, you know, going really fast and supporting it. You'll, you'll surely find uh, a lot of uh, opportunities to, to really grow. So just to explain, this is for merchants that want to help fund the development of a store or fund some products in their store. Is that what uh, this does? So, yeah, we're play? mostly focused to working capital. So we are financing inventory, marketing, and their logistics mm-hmm. needs. We are thinking of starting uh, uh, to finance also the development of their platform if it's a short-term development, no? not if it's you know, something that's going to be launched in a year and a half, no? but it's something that is has a time span of six months or eight months or four months. We are thinking of doing that. We haven't done it yet, but we will be piloting some certain credits probably in the, in the near future. Sure. Okay. So you are really, I mean, so theoretically somebody could they could start up a big commerce store and uh, they could get some help from you in terms of marketing their business in, in Mexico, maybe getting some inventory and uh, working through that process. Exactly. You know, we, they do need some history. We do need to know that they're, that they're moving a product that is getting traction. No, uh, we can start off in day zero with them. We're not a, uh, you know, uh, venture capital fund, but we are in early stages. So generally we'll start contemplating uh, financing when they are uh, eight months in. No, if they're eight months from start, they will be willing to to do some financing. So we generally connect to, for example, their big commerce account or to their Magento store or to Shopify, to their Google Analytics and their Facebook ads and the Google ads and pull in the information and then make them a offer. No? And the good thing is, you know, because we do a lot of evaluation of their information. Got it. Uh, we, we do a lot of um, analysis on it. We're able to give them those, uh, those data points. So we make, we, we analyze, we give them their CLV, you know, the customer lifetime value, their CAC, you know, analysis of their marketing, uh, uh, correlation analysis of their, of their marketing efforts, you know, what campaigns are correlating more for their growth. We don't get into, you know, into attribution. Uh, uh, we also do uh, 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 normalized growth trends. Um, and we're going to do benchmarking too and some inventory analysis. So we're going to give them those analysis with the objective for them to um, to get better insights on how their business is running, no? And this is done. This is given for them to for free, no? To any merchant getting financing or not from us, they can use it for free. Okay, that's great. And just to give you a, a heads up here, uh, the sun came overhead and it started to freeze my computer. <laughs> so yeah, I, I had to move. <laughs> I, did, I didn't expect I, that to happen. Um, yeah, I'm trying my they, new outdoor. Like, this is my new outdoor home really, studio. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, it'll be a, a good segment for um, for what to do and what not to do when setting up an outdoor studio. Don't set it up where the sun's going to be in an hour. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. Okay, so um, I'm, I'm, I'm interested in I'm interested in uh, in how you're helping um, how you're helping merchants perform. So it sounded mm -hmm. like um, uh, it sounded like you're really helping them after their store launches, or I mean, yeah. not after, but at, like during the process and helping them to see how they can be more successful in in doing that. And it's uh, of course that's good for you and it's good for them. Yeah, yeah, but basically, you know, uh, the, the initial hypothesis was, you know, a, a lot of the venture back e-commerce that it's that's a very small proportion, you know, of, of all the e-commerce that are being launched, use, are using a lot of their money, their resources in marketing and buying inventory and things that are not midterm based that generally said, that's what you should put, use your money for. So, uh, when we finance them, we're trying to finance that that part of their business that really grows, uh, that grows in demand. You know, you need more money the more you grow. It doesn't really stay static. You know, so for them not to be worried about that amount of growth and money that they need. Now, if they don't use us anyway, we can give them insights on how they're doing. So we, for example, we we analyze their marketing things like, you know, uh, uh, cost per click, you know, CPM, uh, uh conversion rates by platform, uh, things like that. Um, we also see, you know, what's their average revenue per user, uh, all these different e-commerce uh, uh, indicators. And, you know, most of them, We'll have them. Some of them will have them very up to date. Some will, you know, once a year do them. What we think is if we can help you have them with an immediacy, you know, without you having to exert effort to have them, then probably you'll be able, interested to, to review them and, and be more knowledgeable of it, you know, what the trend is, how the trend is moving along. And probably in some moments you'll find, you know, good moments and say, man, we're doing really good. And sometimes you say, we really have to watch out. We're, we're going to dangerous territory. So that, that's where we're going. We, we're never going to replace uh, a, a specialized marketing uh, uh, vendor or no, SaaS platform. No we, no, we we can't do that. But we will be able to give you a broad sense of how your business is doing. Uh, like if it would be evaluated by a VC or by a bank or, or by a financial institution to let you know, you know you're doing good or you're doing bad. But one that knows about e-commerce, that, that I want to make that uh, difference, you know, not just a financial institution that, that doesn't know anything about e-commerce, just cares about cash flow. No? Because we are going to do, for example, unit economics and, and, and uh, cash flow analysis too, but we'll have those launched later this year. Yeah, and I would say that that's even more important to the merchant even than a marketing company. I mean, a marketing company is going to be important, but I think what you're doing is helping them to see how they're how they can maximize their ROI out of the investment mm -hmm. and 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 yeah. giving them an opportunity to analyze some of the marketing efforts they're doing in terms of how do they return. Mm -hmm. Exactly. How can we give you 
business metrics that help you understand how your e-commerce business is doing, not only specifically in, in marketing, also how's it doing, you know, in, uh, in the long-term acquisition of, of customers, because if the trend is going up consistently, you know, that's going to become very difficult to sustain in the midterm, no? So, you know, how, how can we analyze different business-related metrics to help you understand if you're on the right path or what decisions you can make to help you uh, be more profitable, no? Uh, what is the typical business you work with, the, the typical size business? So right now it's a pretty diverse uh, set. Now, of course, the majority are pretty early stage organizations that are between six and eight months since launch to around um, most of them will be, uh, let's say on average, on average will be, those are the youngest, on average will be like a year and a half in operation, on average, like between the one and a half to two year mark of operation. They'll be selling on average uh, in, on a monthly basis about 40, 50K, no? Uh, some are going to be smaller. Yeah, in, in dollars. No, this is dollar terms. Uh, we do have the smallest in, in start is somebody that's selling literally 7K, no? If they're selling 7K a month, dollar, then we're willing to, to, to evaluate financing them. Um, and so the, that would be the, the, the start, you know, uh, cohort. And then the average will be between, you know, 50K, 40K um, around in sales a month. The other aspect that's really important is that they're growing. They have to have a positive trend in growth. You know, right now if in e-commerce, if you're not growing, when the whole market is growing, at such a fast pace, that's a very, very tall order to be able to get financing if you're not growing. And do you look for some minimum amount of time that they've been in business or do you take on completely new startups? No, it have to be at least uh, eight months of total operations for us to start being uh, willing to give them a loan. Most of the time, the, the, the majority of ours will be between the 18th, 18 month mark of operation for we're giving them loans. Yeah, and I think, well, you and I have both are both entrepreneurs, so you know that that's a very risky, the eight month is very risky. So that's, that, yeah. that's great that you're doing that for, for vendors. Are you getting a lot, of, um, a lot of very interesting, like new startups that have great ideas in the commerce space? And I guess I should back up, is it only commerce businesses that you're doing it for or is it retail as well? Only e-commerce, we, only e-commerce and marketplace vendors. Now, we do have some uh, SaaS solutions and B2B tech that we've given loads as pilots, uh, but we are seeing a lot of growth in, in marketplace vendors. It's crazy how many people are going in uh, into selling on Amazon, selling on Mercado Libre. It's such a, a diverse ecosystem that is growing because so many you know, large retailers and, uh, uh, are, are launching their marketplaces with, with, uh, uh, with you know, giving a lot of uh, effort to bringing in third-party sellers. So we're, we're working with them 
Uh, and we're also working with e-commerce in any type of uh, industry, B2B or B2C. Mostly, of course, it's B2C. That's by far the largest market. And, and answering your question, yeah, very interesting models that are coming out. You know, you know people that are coming out with, with a lot of um, offerings in this moment of COVID selling from, you know, uh, oxygen concentrators uh, to, you know, uh, to people that are bringing really good brands. And that's one of the things that I'm, that, you know, that's giving me a lot of uh, good feeling about where Latin America is going now is that there are a lot of people bringing, developing their brands, you know, uh, direct to consumer brands that they're, manufacturing and bringing them and and generally that's where i see the most growth in the people that create a brand that has a certain um uh charm to it a certain specific frame target market and they're bringing uh uh bringing them launching them and they're getting traction you know we, we you know one guy that's just started for example selling uh uh peanut butter <laughs> like really and they've created a brand and they diversified into different, you know, butters, you know, uh, of, of different types. And, and they're getting traction, you know. So it's been very interesting. I, I, I do believe that, you know, if, you, if I would have to recommend anybody, if, if you want to start e-commerce now, don't start reselling somebody other's brand. Develop your brand. Think about it. It doesn't have to be, you know, something super, super complex, you know. Just give it your own uh, uh, image, you know, your own uh, uh, style of communication. Target a market and and go to it, and and you know the because the feedback is so fast, you'll you'll be able to move really fast after that if you're if you're listening, no? Yeah. So, do you work sort of like like Shark Tank, where um, you have <laughs> you have a panel and people come in and you do some interviews and. Then, then, then you help them in their journey. Well, honestly, no. So we we have a we do have a very consultish type selling process. You know that we understand their dream and what they're doing. But at the end of the day, we are very data driven. So the data and the growth is there. We're gonna fund it. You know. But what we have noticed is that especially if you go into those first, you know, two years of operation, a lot of them need a lot of feedback on topics that probably are not their strong suit. You know, some are really good in branding, but not really good in inventory management or marketing or something else. And we can't do it for them. You know, that's, you know, the line is we can't do it for you because it was like if your bank gave you a credit card, right? And then went out and spent the money for you. <laughs> it would be kind of a conflict of interest. But we are going to, we are bringing in right now experts in certain topics. And right now we're, we're, we're bringing in uh, marketing. Well, we're going to have one marketing expert, one inventory expert, and one branding expert. And basically these sellers will be able, or these customers of ours, but those, those services will only be available for our customers, not the, uh, let's say the free, the free version users. Um, they'll be able to get some guidance on, you know, look into this, look into that. You can, you know, focus on this. We see this missing. Uh, and, and, and at least they can, you know, point them in the direction as 
a coach, let's say, you know, you should be looking to go that way uh, because, you know, these are the basics you need to cover. I, I imagine you're in agreement with me, Brent, that a lot of the problems of the merchants are most of at that early stage are basics, are not really complicated issues, but it's just basic steps that because it's such a broad thing to do e-commerce that the basic steps need to be covered though, uh, to be able to be to have uh, the, the, the success you want. No? Yeah, and I think some of the things that um, maybe you learn later in entrepreneurial life, and it's certainly for me, it took me about 15, 20 years to figure some of these things out would be uh, just the steps that are that are outlined in in what we learn in entrepreneurs organization or EOS or one of those other mm-hmm. sort of systems that help you run your business. Do you introduce customers into uh, like EO Mexico or anything like that, or even accelerator the accelerator program inside the entrepreneurs organization to help them to get some guidance from other entrepreneurs? No, but that is a great idea, Brent, and and I will be taking that and and talking to EO Mexico City and you know around Latin America to if they have accelerator programs to see you know if somebody wants to be able to go into one of these programs for us to at least point them you know you can look into this or that or, or this other program um, to be able to talk to them. What we will be doing is having and we haven't started them yet, it's still in, in, ide- in ideation stage, is having uh, round tables, like power lunches, like you remember, you know, the EO power lunches, uh, to be able to speak with other people that are knowledgeable of our customers between each other so they can, you know, connect. At the end of the day, the, especially after COVID, there's been, a lot less networking inside of the industry and we want to facilitate that integration. And now that digital integration has become more acceptable and people are more open to it, I think we can we can do or we want to do interesting events to connect them between each other so people that know a lot of a subject can share it between, between each other. Yeah, so um, as soon as we can start to- safely traveling again i'll be the first person down there to be at your english spoken table and uh, talking to other entrepreneurs i i really get a, a kick out of that <laughs> we have a local um we have a local uh like venture capital small venture capital company called traction capital and they are they're they're not doing exactly what you're doing on and it's a very smaller scale it's more of a angel investor type thing and they are specifically looking at um, entrepreneurs accelerator program to find vendors and to help vendors through that that process. So I, I do think that there's a lot of value that both sides could get out of it um, mm-hmm. to help to help entrepreneurs. And I think one of the principles in EOS is that everybody has a number, or there's a number that's assigned to things, and you start tracking those things. And the number driven part of it is. I feel like where a lot of entrepreneurs sort of miss out because you, if you don't track it, you don't know. And if you don't know, it could be anything. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and to keep it there uh, on your mind and don't get, get lost between all the issues you have, because, you know, entrepreneurship is such, such an amount, such amount of work that falls on such a few amount of people 
in the organization that a lot of things get lost. So being able to keep track of what is important to the business is 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 vital. No? And and that's what I told my partner, you know, we are in the finance industry, but our customers are not, you know, they don't want to talk about finance every day of the year. You know, they want to be able to have a financing partner that can help them through time. And then when with, it, with that partner, they want to stop thinking about it and run their business, you know, and, uh, and we forget that. And I think sometimes I would forget that also when I was, in Suma, no, you know, you, you think the technology is also so important for the business because it, it it helps the operation so much, but it's not the only thing, you know, there's the branding and there's the marketing and there's all these other aspects that need to be taken care of too. So it's, 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 it's such a difficult thing because there's so many things to take care of. Yeah, so we have about uh, ten minutes left. Let's let's uh, kind of wrap things up about, around platforms. I would imagine mm-hmm. that you are going to see a lot of different types of platforms, and I'm very interested in to see in seeing uh, which which ones you are which ones you are seeing that are successful in Mexico, and then at what point do people choose different types of platforms? I'm going to give you back now here in, in, in Fairplane. I think what we've seen the most starting out by, but, you know, by an extremely large, uh, you know, percentage of it, like they are owners of the start is generally Shopify. You know, most people are starting with Shopify. Um, I met, so I can understand why it's so easy to, to start. Um, um, I do see um, a lot of people also doing WooCommerce. And, you know, um, honestly, I'm not very convinced <laughs> with, with the people that use WooCommerce. Uh, I think it, 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 it is, um, it, I don't know if it's, it's, it's the best, most sound decision. Um, but I, I do see that, that a lot of, a lot of the mid-market and larger enterprises are really fighting it off between uh, platforms like Magento and Vitex. Vitex, I think, has had a lot of growth in the Latin American market. They are trying really hard to push in. And after you know this last round of financing they got from SoftBank, uh, I see them growing uh, their teams, their support teams, and the noise they're making in the Latin American market uh, a lot. So, um, you know, I used to be very partial to uh, solutions like Magento, and I still have my heart fully with them. Uh, but uh, I do believe that these SaaS solutions are getting very competitive, you know, very competitive with how they've been able to support merchants and their needs. You know? Yeah, I would be interested in seeing. Uh why people would choose Shopify over Bigcom or over Vtex. And I would imagine it's probably a cost thing, like a mm-hmm. licensing. I think Shopify yeah, is fairly cheap. Yeah. And at, at least uh, Shopify, because it's very self-service, you know, people generally don't interact with anybody at Shopify to start their business. No, uh, they do it in their, in their home. It's pretty easy to start. Uh, I think big carbers, for example, versus the Shopify that have my understanding is it's also very self-service. If I'm not mistaken, please correct me. Uh, it, they, 
they just don't have that much branding in Mexico, no? Compared to Shopify, that is very top of mind in the customer's mind. And Vitex is, is like people don't associate it with, I'm going to start my business in Vitex because uh, it, it's not as well known to be so self-service. So I think if I answer the question, I think it's just that self-service nature of Shopify that people really feel it's so easy to start off with. Yeah, so just full disclosure, we are now a VTEX client or a VTEX partner, just closed our first mm -hmm. VTEX deal in Mexico and we're a big commerce yes. partner. So <laughs> we, you know, part of this is, is kind of learning uh, why people are choosing which platform. And I agree that Shopify does have much better branding in Mexico than big commerce. I think that the platform platforms are very similar um, and probably work very similar. Um, and we, we don't have time to get into the specific differences between the two, but um, it will be interesting to see over the next years and uh, and see who who really shines in Mexico, because I think it is a different market than what the U.S. is. And there's so many different aspects of the market as a, you know, as an American coming into Mexico seven, eight years ago. And as, you know, then as a Mexican merchant you know, what, what do you expect out of your platform and, and why, why is it that you chose this one or the other one? I think that'll be really interesting to see what happens. And I wouldn't even say over the next five years, it's, it's all going to happen very rapidly now. And I think the growth exponentially is going to happen. Yeah, I, I imagine you, you remember, you know, when Magento 2 came out, you know, it was such a leap from where it was. Uh, and of course, you know, with all the difficulties it brought, but it was such a leap. But from there, that it was uh, the 2015, you, you mentioned, I think, or 2016, that it launched. You know, it's 2021, it's five years, and things have changed dramatically. You know, uh, it's, it's, it's so hard to see how, uh, you know, the hybrids and the cell forces and, and the Magentos uh, and Adobe uh, are going to be able to, to reconquer these very small business, especially the Magento, that they used to be the owners of it, the owners of the, you know, I'm starting my e-commerce from scratch. You know, they would start it with Magento, no? Or am I, am I mistaken with this uh, historical uh, uh, thought, no? But uh, now it's, it, you know, it's so difficult for them to come into that small market. And if they give breathing room for them to grow and, and these SaaS services, are being able to continue servicing them, then you know what is the market that's going to be left for them? You no, know? because you know the 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 replatforming is a nightmare. You no, know? especially yeah, when you built so much behind it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I think we're just about out of time. So I, you know, I really thank you for for meeting with me and doing this. It's been a very interesting conversation. Um, I think that uh, we could probably have some more topics that we could talk about specifically that uh, would be good. Uh, why don't you give, uh, at the end, I always like to give a shameless plug. So why don't you give a shameless plug for Fair Play and how people can get, get in contact with you. And I will also add that we will specifically put the subtitles for this episode in Spanish as well as English. Oh, thank you. Well, uh... Thank you, Brett. It's been a pleasure, really, to, to be with you, uh, be with you in, your, in this uh, 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 podcast that you you did. 
I am very, very uh, honored to meet you and seeing you grow through, through, through all these years we've been, uh, we've been on each other. Uh, and well, if anybody you know looking for financing for their e-commerce, uh, uh, or if they're a marketplace vendor, or if you're a SaaS or B2B tech, and you want financing for working capital and you're growing, you know you can come to our website and getfairplay.com and apply and we will get in touch with you and start the process and and hopefully we can be your financing partner so you can focus on your business and not on having the resources to do it so uh that that is my shameless plug <laughs> great thank you andrew it's been it's been a lot of fun thank you and enjoy the paradise over there i'll do my best to enjoy myself in hawaii now that i'm out of the sun <laughs> okay take care Yep, thanks. Thank you for listening today. Please rate this show wherever you listen to podcasts. Talk Commerce is sponsored by eWay Corporation, the partner of choice for technology, infrastructure, and enterprise-level digital solutions, and Wagentle Creative, fulfilling strategic growth through digital solutions. Please subscribe to this podcast. New shows every week.